0: Good Morning Friends, Volume 1, a collection of weekly radio messages by R.J. Rushdoony, Narrated by Jeremy Walker. Produced with permission by the Calcedon Foundation. Chapter 22. The Will to Die. August 24, 1954. Good Morning Friends. One of the more significant facts about man that he often has a driving will to die. Life is so dear to most of us, we find it difficult to comprehend that anyone should be possessed of a will to die, and yet the fact has had abundant documentation from modern psychiatry and other studies. Men have different ways of showing the self-destructive impulse. With some, it is seen in alcoholism, and in much drinking there is this latent suicidal impulse a desire to drown part of one's life by smothering the mind and conscience with liquor. With others, it is seen in gambling. The gambler inevitably loses, and he knows it. If he wins, he feels that he must continue because, we are told by Dr. Bergler, he has a desire to lose, to ruin himself, and to inflict punishment on himself. The dope addict, the reckless driver who flirts with death, These and others, like them, are characterized by a will to die. This, of course, is not normal. We are told that this destructive impulse is a deep-rooted desire for self-punishment. Now, this is a most important point to the Christian thinker. What modern studies, both psychiatric and psychosomatic, reveal is that man punishes himself when he feels that he has transgressed or is likely to transgress. In other words, a deep-rooted sense of guilt drives people to self-destructive activities and to reckless chance-taking because they thereby unconsciously punish themselves for their sins of thought, word, or deed. The men who are responsible for these studies are in the main not Christian and would perhaps object to a Christian interpretation of their data, but even they are often compelled to borrow the language of theology to explain their data. What does this desire for self-punishment point up for us as Christian thinkers? First of all, it testifies eloquently to the fact that man was created in the image of God. Although that image is broken by the fall of man, yet it witnesses against man and makes punishment inevitable. Man knows that the penalty for the transgression of God's law is death, and having transgressed, is tormented by an impulse to death. He denies God with his lips, but he punishes himself unconsciously, obedience to the divine ordinance against sin. We cannot escape from God. Since he created us, every nerve and fiber of our body witnesses to him and for his law against the rebellion of our lips and mind. We may deny his judgments, but we only end up by fulfilling them against ourselves. Second, Man's impulse to self-punishment declares emphatically that sin must be atoned for. There is no escape in the demands and requirements of justice. Atonement must be made, our Lord affirmed, to the very last penny. Any man who does not find his redemption and release from the power and penalty of sin in the person and work of Jesus Christ will be caught in the deadly and hopeless task of self-atonement, and its only result Is futile self punishment. Sin must be paid for, and the atonement will be made either by Jesus Christ, or we will pay for it by our own self inflicted impulse to punishment and death. We live today in the midst of a generation which is driving itself to death. Its fevered and feverish activities seem to have this common purpose to blot out mind and memory, to escape from life to punish body and soul, and to escape above all from the accusing inner voice, which is the image of God in man. But when by faith we escape from this vicious defeat by finding our atonement in Jesus Christ, we are made free indeed. We can then say with the Apostle that, For we live in Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1.21 Because in either estate we have the blessedness of his peace and victory, We are no longer driven, we are now led to peace and joy, and the burden of our guilt is taken away. As the Westminster Confession of Faith declares, the Lord Jesus, by his perfect obedience and sacrifice of himself, which he through the eternal Spirit once offered unto God, hath fully satisfied the justice of his Father, and purchased not only reconciliation, but an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven for all those whom the Father hath given him. To all those for whom Christ hath purchased redemption, he doth certainly and effectually apply and communicate the same, making intercession for them, and revealing unto them in and by the word the mysteries of salvation, effectively persuading them by his Spirit to believe and obey, and governing their hearts by his word and Spirit, overcoming all their enemies by his almighty power and wisdom. In such manner and ways, as our most consonant to his wonderful and unsearchable dispensation.